Hi, I'm TJ Thomas, and this is Therapy Thursday, a weekly collection of easy, approachable, bite-sized tips to help your mental wellness journey. As a clinical therapist, I've spent thousands of hours working with clients, and now I want to bring the therapy love to all of you. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to Therapy Thursday. Today we're discussing a viewer requested topic, which is a crash course in narcissism. Now, narcissism is at the same time one of the most poorly understood and yet most overly thrown out accusation of a mental health disorder that there is from what I've seen. People get accused of being narcissists all the time. Someone being a narcissist is often a very easy blanket, just cover all when relationships don't work out. Um, I've seen it thrown around in divorces constantly, in breakups, where people just say, oh yeah, it turns out they're a narcissist, or oh yeah, they were just so narcissistic I couldn't handle it, or things like that. And while I'm not in their situation, of course, so I can't say for sure, most often what I've understood of these situations is that the person is exhibiting narcissistic traits, but they're probably not actually a diagnosable narcissist. So the DSM-5 describes narcissism as a uh, pervasive sense of grandiosity, a need for admiration, and a lack of empathy for others. Now, it's important to note that all humans start off our lives as mini narcissists. Uh, when we are babies, when we are infants, we were narcissists, we are. And then as we develop through life, we go through developmental stages where we become a little bit more narcissistic again. Teenagers tend to get a little bit more narcissism coming at them. Usually what we see though is that there are, uh, let's say appropriate levels of narcissism based on your developmental stage. Um, and usually by the time you hit maturation in your uh, late teens and early adult years, this starts to fall away. So for a clinical definition of narcissism, we need five of the following possible symptoms. Number one is a grandiose sense of self-importance. This is what we talked about of just, I am just amazing. I am the entire world and everything revolves around me. That's usually the one that people just see that and they say, narcissist. But remember, we have to have at least five, not just one. Number two is that they may be preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success and power and adoration and uh, brilliantness, just like they, they can do everything in the entire world, they have no limits whatsoever. Now, in a healthy sense, this can just be good self-esteem that you believe in yourself. But in the narcissistic world, it is a preoccupation with this fantasy and you literally can't comprehend that you might not be that special, that you might not be the most amazing. Which brings us to number three, which is this belief that they are special, that they are an outlier in some way, that they are God's gift to the world, basically. And that anyone who doesn't see that or doesn't understand it is stupid or is sabotaging them or uh, is lesser than them. And so they don't need to associate with them. Number four is that most narcissists require excessive amounts of admiration and attention and praise to confirm this belief that they have. Number five is an unrealistic sense of entitlement, uh, that other people should just drop everything for them and do things for them and take care of them all the time, and that their expectations and needs and wants should always be met by everyone around them all the time. Number six is that they are exploitive in their interpersonal relationships, that they will take advantage of other people to get what they want, do and say whatever they need to, and not only that, but uh, that there's little to no remorse around doing this. Number seven, as we already said, is that they lack empathy, they have a very hard time under understanding the emotions, desires, drives, needs of other people. Number eight is actually that they are often envious of other people or believe that other people are envious of them. This is one you might not think of with a narcissist, but there's often so much in the ego that's going on that these comparisons of envy can get pretty prevalent. And number nine is a little bit general, is that just showing arrogant, uh, haughty behaviors or actions, that they are just 
so much better than everyone else. And this is kind of the stuff that, again, if people are demonstrating this, maybe like as a teenager when they're starting to get a little bit full of themselves, people will say, oh, being narcissistic. So to be clinically diagnosed as a narcissist, a person needs to have five of those nine. But the problem is that very few narcissists get diagnosed properly because part of being a narcissist is that you don't recognize your flaws. So often a narcissist won't go in to seek help. Typically when narcissists are actually diagnosed, it's because they were actually coming in for depression or anxiety or something else first. And the therapist uh, recognizes that they have these narcissistic tendencies and then they start exploring it and recognize this diagnosis later on. Additionally, because of this, forcing a narcissist to go to therapy is counterindicated. It's actually not helpful. It's it actually can do a lot of harm uh, because if the narcissist is attending therapy just because they're being forced to or because someone else is making them, then they're not going to therapy thinking, oh, I need to get help for this narcissistic thing that I've got. They may be going to therapy with thinking, I don't need this at all, so I'm just gonna say and do whatever I need to to get done with this, but then also may use the tools or the tips, the strategies, uh, the lessons learned in therapy about how people work, about how the human brain works, and unfortunately may end up using them against people. Now, one thing I just wanna end with that not a lot of people recognize is that a narcissist presents as a very inflated sense of self, but actually it most often comes from a very, very fragile, broken sense of self. That very often in uh, the childhood developmental stages, that very often during the really young years, a person's uh, sense of identity or self-worth is just beaten down and dismissed and just completely erased. Um, and so in order to survive, in order to feel like they do matter, they way overcompensate. Because if a person actually truly believes that they are great and amazing in the healthy way, then they don't need the admiration from the outside. Then when, if other people disagree with them or if other people criticize them, then they say, okay, you know what? That's fine, we disagree. I, I like who I am and I'm good with myself. That's the healthy way of doing it. In the narcissistic way, a narcissist is typically very sensitive to criticism. They have a very, very fragile sense of self that even though they present very, I am so amazing, if anyone disagrees with that or counters that or belittles their sense of self, it is explosive uh, because that sense of self is actually incredibly fragile. And so they often have to overcompensate with the way they present externally. So that's just a very brief crash course in narcissism. So if there's anything I wanna be taking away from this today, it's don't just throw around these labels for people um, if they haven't been actually diagnosed because it actually does a disservice both to them and to the community. The second thing though, is that if there is someone in your life who you suspect may be a narcissist, is to recognize that, yeah, it's a very hard thing to, if you're in a relationship or living with someone or whatever who's a narcissist, it's very difficult. But I've found that it can be very helpful to be able to recognize what's going on under the surface, what's what's gone on in the past, because this narcissism was likely developed as a survival mechanism at one point in their life, uh, when their base innate need for self-worth and validation was not met. And so they had to overcompensate. So keeping that in mind can be very helpful, um, at the very least to just understand a little bit better where this may be coming from. So that's our Therapy Thursday for today. Thanks so much for being with us. And with that, I will see you next week. Thanks so much again for listening. If you enjoyed this or other episodes of Therapy Thursday, please consider rating and leaving a review wherever you're listening to your podcast. It really, really helps us to be able to get this in front of more people. Of course, remember that this is a podcast, not therapy, and it should not replace any treatment by a licensed mental health care professional. And I invite you to follow me along on my Instagram at TJ Counseling for more mental health tips.